scripture this morning is taken from Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. Lord, beg you to have been called by God, patient with each other, allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to, make your, to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For the rest of you have been called to one. There is one Lord, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. ministry aims to keep to each other and do not change once you read of Christ we are called to keep spiritually to keep being conformed to the image of Christ to keep building the church to keep sharing the gospel to keep on being ambassadors for Christ Parkway Heights embraces for all of these things to happen our congregation but also difficult year. Uh, they perform only practical things, running errands, grocery shopping, and physical needs like that. But to me, they were so much more. My husband passed away. They were processed. And on days, it was difficult to even put one foot in front of the other to survive there would come a phone call, or a card in the mail, or a lot of encouragement. These rough times, heart encouragement and prayers of the North of 70 ministry. What a beautiful, um, uh, what a perfect video for us to be looking at as we talk today about how, how we are the church. We are the church through gentleness. And we're going to try to be a little quicker today, but uh, it, it is good to see every Coach Ed Smith and say congratulations on your first victory at uh, Sacred Heart. Um, yeah, give him a hand. Um, yeah, it, and it was probably because of the guy that came in and did the devotion uh, come every Friday now. So, uh, uh, of you, Ed, and just of and many, many more victories. So, uh, for sure, we're excited about that. Let's pray. God, our, um, our hope, our love, thank you for being, um, Lord, that being called to take. In your name we pray. Amen. So yeah, in the Thrive series, we, uh, first week we talked about being part of something bigger than ourselves, find our purpose. Um, the second, gifts and my gifts come together, powered by the Spirit of God. And you can have a great and noble cause and not do it, and not do it the right way, uh, you know, or use a, poor, uh, uh, use a poor means to justify the ends. And uh, I'm about to pepper you with a, with a bunch of versing uh, segment and preaching as we go through Scripture, embodying gentleness, being gentle. And that really is reflecting the holiness of God, how important it is 
Gentleness has gotten a bad rap, right? Gentleness is sort of uh, weakness, meek world. Um, but, but we know better. It's the discipline of those who can make the impact for Christ in the world. If you do it gently, you know, you got a chance. So Ephesians, what David read to us is our anchor scripture. And right there in the middle of the letter, it's a six-chapter letter. That, and we get this big therefore. And you know that all, the three chapters of Ephesians is, is God has forgiven you. God has loved you. God has made you um, a, a people. God has, you've, if you felt like you were far off, big therefore. It's like, what are you going to do? And then the writer says, hey, this we walk. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, it says, beg you, beg you, urge you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, making every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond. Live a life worthy of the calling. Live a life worthy. The Greek word there is axios, which, which is, is basically the old timey like the way, the measurement thing, where you put measurements here and you balance it and that's how you weigh things. Which means God has put all half. And all we have to do is respond to that by depend on that weight. Axios, live a life worthy of the call. It matters how we walk. We can um, have all the right answers. We can have all the best theology. We can do it with gentleness and humility. Gentleness is a path. It's not an accomplishment. Um, I may not do it perfectly, my method, uh, but that's not the point. The point is that gentleness is, is my aim. It's, it's what our dedication with gentleness will get us where we need to go. Gentleness is our key uh, to live with one another and do more, uh, more than just keep our noses above the waterline, but to really swim toward the shore. Do you remember Jesus' great sermon on the mount, right? It's beautiful. It's in Matthew 5, 5. Those who are gentle. The whole, and I can tell you it sounded just as ridiculous to the first hearers than it does to us. Because I don't know that I see many examples of the gentle people, you know, ruling the world or owning the world. In fact, I see you have a flawed idea of what gentleness is. Gentleness, and it comes from a Greek word, describes a wild beast that has been, has been tamed. And that's, that's, that's what we are. You know, when you tame a horse to do things, it doesn't make the horse less powerful. It harnesses the power of the about what gentleness does, because it's important. Gentleness says in Proverbs 15, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Not too long ago, I learned, uh, and maybe about 30 years ago, the world didn't know this, but we all have mirror neurons. If your face and is rude to you, what do your mirror neurons do? Push back. If someone walks in the room and they're a wet blanket and they, they, uh, they diss every idea in the room, what does that make you do? It kind of slumps your shoulders. On the flip side, if someone comes in and has your own energy as well, and so we, we become victims. We become mirror neurons because we're not fully awake and we're not fully alive to the situation. When what we realize is if we can remember that moment, we can actually determine uh, the temperature of the room. We, we, can, um, we can show gentleness. Second, gentleness disarms critics. Gentleness disarms critics. Now look, do you, do you have any critics in your life? Raise your hand if you have a critic or two in your life. Well, you know how to avoid critics, and nobody will ever criticize you. Isn't that great? As a few critics, right? Um, and 
In Scripture, it says that gentleness can disarm those people in our lives who try to tear us down. Um, it, not only that, but have you ever met some people? Um, look on social media and you'll look at people looking for a fight. And gentleness can diffuse um, that. Did you know as a leader of this church, as a pastor, I am forbidden by Scripture to be argumentative? Not supposed to do it in the church. It says, um, in, in to be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone. Able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. I wish that was not in the Bible many times. Because as your leader, but to be finding common ground, that's what leaders do. Third, gentleness is persuasive. You know, used to, uh, some of you are in sales in this room. I guess we're all kind of in sales, in like the hard sell. I'd make you feel guilty or I'd, but those of you who are involved in sales, sales knows that the persuasive influence of just being gentle. I, when somebody tells me I have to read a book, I'm probably not going to read it. But if they recommend it, gentleness is persuasive. Eight of these, so hang tight. Gentleness is attractive. Like attracts like. If you want bitter friends, then be bitter. If you want negative friends, be negative. Whatever your people, if, when gentleness abounds in the church, more people come. Who wants to go to a church where everybody's fighting and bitter and mad at each other? People get enough of that in the world. Even in love stories in the Bible, Boaz, Boaz is a man in, in, uh, in a town in Israel and poor Ruth who lost her husband comes back to Israel with her mother-in-law and she's gleaning in Boaz's that as a farmer you would leave the edges of the field that nobody starved in the area. And is Ruth, this beautiful woman from, from Moab and she's there and all of a sudden she catches Boaz's eye. Now, by law, he's supposed to let people do it. But, you know, I guess he doesn't to, um, to Ruth for this. But what, and is kind to her. And he says, whatever you need, you know, let me know what you need. And he even talks to some of his employees and says, y'all take care of that woman right there who's taking care of her mother-in-law. So after that, Ruth comes up, was so generous to her. And she says, may I continue to find favor in your eyes by speaking gently to your servants. And then it's great. Boaz takes her on a lunch date. In the mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here, have some bread and dip it in the wine and vinegar. It was like fondue. They were dipping with one another. When she sat down with the harvesters, all she wanted and had signed to somebody, I'm sure, who went out and poor and destitute and wondered if she would live to see another day. You see, born out of gentleness and kindness, here's this beautiful marriage. And why is this marriage described in Scripture? Because it was forbidden to marry at that time. And this person was strongly discouraged. You go to Matthew 1, read the genealogy of Jesus' all of his ancestors. You'll see four women are in there. And one of those four is Ruth. Is Ruth. And gentleness. Gentleness earns respect. And if you're shouting. Proverbs 16. A kind-hearted woman gains honor, but ruthless men gain only wealth. King David, the great ruler of Israel, right? 
he uh, uh, together, and, and then his son, King Solomon, and expanded the kingdom. And the, his son, Rehoboam, messed it all up, okay? But he, he had a chance, but he blew it. First thing he did was really wise. He went to the elders. You know what they told him? They said that you that, that are under them, and if you to them gently, they will go anywhere with you. Sounds good, but what does he do? He gets itchy ears and he goes to his friends and, he, and, and his buddies and the people that and they said, and you be tough and you be anything. He took advice of his friends instead of his elders and he wound up losing 10 tribes and the nation split. Anytime, and you're all leaders, we're all leaders in some way, anytime you have to run a leader, walk and nobody's following then you're just taking a walk. You're not a leader. Moses, it says in Scripture, was the most gentle leader on the face of the earth. And Moses had an anger issue for being a bully. And uh, he, was, he was 12, 3. He had a long problem with his anger, but he was teachable. So if you got some anger management problems, there's even hope for you. Seven, gentleness is a witness to all the world. His... Uh, is a witness of uh, the church or who scripture or it's not any talk about that they have a problem with. They're not challenging that. They're challenging you and me. Are you any different under pressure in this world? Face of rudeness, you are mirroring being to the person. Titus 3.2. You're called to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate and always to be gentle toward everyone. You remember how I said the pastor can't be let off on the hook too. If you blessing in this world, the peaceableness with others. Peacers. Number eight, last one. Gentleness makes us more like Jesus. This is it. This is the anchor. This is everything. This is what the letter of Ephesians to the Ephesians said this. In carrying heavy burdens yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle gentle for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls gentleness gentleness we Methodists most of the time uh, I, I meet with, with pastors about some of the stories that I hear I hear of almost like knockdown dragouts, you know in committee meetings and chairs flying but we Methodists are too we're too um sophisticated for that kind of action. You know, we're a lot like crickets, hard from afar, but then when you get kind of the way we are sometimes, we'll be nice, we'll be nice, and then we'll walk away and we'll tear somebody up when we're out of earshot, right? That's not being kind. I mean, that's not being gentle. That may be being, since we're another and working through conflict, we're worried about that. We don't know how to communicate with other people about what it means to be gentle. So what we do is we just avoid it. So I'm kind of jealous of my Pentecostal friends. They just say, I'm sorry and I forgive you. Things as Methodist, I think, are not offending. We know we need to learn how to be gentle. And I throw myself in there too. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. I th- I'm, and I think it's, it's, it's what I do as well. I think we all are, 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 are that way. Gentle Galatians 5.22. It's God's gift the strong, my, my legs, the more I ask what I've been given, the stronger I become. You use it or you lose it. And that's maybe the way we should look at gentleness. Strength 
under control is indescribable. Now, I, I know I'm praying for you, crazy weather, right? But I do have three assignments for you this week. And here it goes. First one, when someone serves me, I will be less. Think about the people, think about the cashier or uh, the waiter or the waiter that comes up to you. How do you treat them, especially when maybe they mess it up? How do you treat them? Second thing, when someone, dis- God calls us to have a thick skin, to respond to somebody. It says in Romans 14:1, welcome with open arms, fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. And don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Even when it seems that they are strong, on a, they have their own history to do. I always think about tips and our closest relations. I've always got to make up my mind. Do I want to win the argument or do I want to win a friend? Do I want to be right or do I want to stay married? <laughs> and whenever I fight, then I need to be kind especially to those who are closest to me. When someone disappoints me, the third one, here's the third one. When somebody disappoints me, I will love them. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, restore that person gently. You shouldn't be singing, I told you so. (laughs) We call, uh, from Ephesians, says, make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, profane one another as quickly and thoroughly as the Sid Collins, quickly and as thoroughly as God Christ forgave you. I didn't say it was easy. I said it's what we're called to do and to be. Here's why we thrive with gift gentleness. We're just simply passing on what God has passed on to us. Let me, gave me grace in Christ. Let the people who drove mistakes The people who drove Jesus up the wall were the ones who appointed themselves judge and jury over other people. Those were the people that made Jesus the angriest in this world. So do you want to thrive as one people? Baptism. Consider a gift to gift out. The simple act of gentleness will be more eloquent than anything that you and I could ever say. And then let things unfold as they will. Be gentle unfolding light. And I'll put this on my face when I'm thinking about gentleness. What it is to yourself to live out the gifts God gives you. There's no competition. Nobody in the world can do it like you. There won't be a medal you can hang in your trophy case and a joy to behold. Gentle. Let How we do church is as important as to what we do. Give us the courage to be gentle in the face of those who serve us, in the midst of those, those who disappoint us with others.